welcome to iDeveloper Live, episode 65. Ah, hopefully the tech problems of the last few weeks will be going away and we'll give you the lovely, crisp, solid sound across the air that you like. So in order to do that, I've got a guest from me today who's probably about as far away from me as you could almost get. I guess if he was in Japan, that might be a bit further, but... Uh, all the way over in um, uh, Seattle, isn't it? I bet you, you haven't moved since I last spoke to you. Yeah, yeah, just north of Seattle, actually. Just north so. Mr. Gus Muller, how are you doing, Gus? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. It's um, uh, been good to catch up with you. I mean, it was a long time ago we last spoke in some of the um, uh, um, Mac Software Business Year One podcast put together by Keith Elperin, which were, was two or three years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you're not, but you weren't in year one then either. But uh, you were, you were the seasoned veteran of the show. I, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't consider myself a veteran because uh, I don't know. I'm always learning, I guess. So, but that's the thing about this, isn't it? It's always, uh, you know, um, there's always more to know. And as soon as you think you're just catching up, someone that's going to release something else anyway. Yep, that's good. So, um, I mean, I think I don't. I'm not even sure if. Um, well, you'd only just released Acorn, I think, uh, back then. So it was, um, uh, I really think, your second product. <coughs> Excuse me, but now, now it's really probably your, your major project would be a, that a good good statement? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Voodabad still has its users, but um, Acorn definitely brings in the, it's, it's got the majority of users and the majority of uh, revenue. So um, Acorn is a bitmap image editor. Um, the idea is to... Uh, make an image editor sort of along the lines of Photoshop, but um, usable by mere mortals, you know, something that's not complicated. Something that would basically fit in the iLife suite of apps from Apple. So, Okay, that's, uh, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's a great product, and people should go out and check it. Um, you in the App Store? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're in the App Store. You're in, you always have to ask that question these days, because some days people are in, some days they're out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You sandboxed? Um, yeah, Acorn is. And Voodpad uh, is... Wait, I'm waiting for the sandbox approval right now. So, so I mean, with those, uh, sorry, I'm throwing questions at you that have nothing to do with the topic that we were going to talk about. So, if you don't want to answer them, just shout. That's fine. Oh no, that's fine. Um, you know, so was uh, sandboxing your two products really just? Uh, oh, now I've got to do this, and it was just a matter of doing the work, or was um, was it challenging? Yeah, Acorn wasn't too bad to sandbox. Um, there were some things I had to turn off. And some scripts don't work. Some uh, like some JS talk stuff doesn't work in Acorn. Um, Voodoo was a little bit harder to sandbox, um, just because of some of the scripting it does as well. Uh, but we'll see if it actually passes muster with Apple. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad though. Good. Well, I hope they all that goes through and everything works for you. Now um, we're going to talk about a, a project that you started. How long ago did you start JS talk? Oh, um, it's been a couple of years now. Uh, you know, really, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let me at least three years ago. So maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah, I seem to. I remember when you started it, and you said, "Oh, I'm, I'm just throwing this out." Anyway, uh, a project that you put out there called JS Talk. Um, I guess, uh, uh, or a project, I suppose, for more than the product. Um, yeah. Like, so, uh, okay, let's make this easy. Start by telling everybody what it is. So, um, JS Talk is. Is a uh, it, it's a combination of a couple of things, but basically it's a scripting bridge. From you, you can write your code um, in JavaScript, and you can call into the Cocoa APIs, and um, you can actually use uh, Objective C syntax. So if you like uh, brackets, you know you can do that all you want. But I also built on top of it um, sort of a, 
a protocol for talking for applications to talk to each other. So the idea was to um, sort of make a version of AppleScript, but with um, JavaScript. You know, so you can use JS Talk, and uh, you can talk to Acorn. Um, you can talk to VoodooPad. You can talk to iTunes using uh, you know the scripting bridge classes, and you can also do all kinds of um, file system stuff with it too, since you've got all the Cocoa APIs there. So it's it's just a great way to uh, script applications. So. What what inspired you to start doing this? Was it you know, a need you had in your own apps, and you thought, oh, yeah. "I'm not going to do this AppleScript rubbish. I'm going to do something else." Or yeah, so the problem was uh, implementing AppleScript is a big pain in the butt. Um, and I, it, it's been a while since I, you know, I sh- maybe I should have written this stuff down, so I might be misremembering this. But um, yeah, AppleScript was hard to implement. Um, so I just sort of looked around and. Uh, I, I knew there was JavaScript core, you know, that's built in the, into the um, OS X. And I, JavaScript is just really taking off. Everybody seems to be learning it, you know, mostly from the web. But people are doing neat, neat things, um, you know, just for regular apps with JavaScript, with JavaScript as well. And so I thought that would be a good language to use. And uh, I was looking around um, for bridges to use. And I, um, you know, was I going to write my own? Some people had already done um, some bridges from JavaScript to Objective-C, and I found one that I really liked called JS Coco. And I, J, JS Talk is built on top of JS Coco, which is another project. And anyway, so I, I implemented all that. Um, just basically, you know, people wanted to do crazy things with AppleScript, and it just wasn't possible. So I made it so you could do crazy things with JavaScript, basically. So people write their own custom plugins for VoodooPad, and I also, also extended it, um, make it work inside Acorn as well, so you can write filters using uh, JS Talk and whatnot. So, um, so was this I guess one, that answers the question. Was this <laughs> one of those things when you set out, you thought... Oh, Oh yeah, I, I could really do that. Yeah, I should be able to do that. In a, you know, a couple of days, I'll sort that out, and that should be good enough. And then you ended up, you know, how long did it take you to get something actually working? Um, it didn't take too long. Uh, so the bridge was mostly done. Um, so I guess I should say that um, JS Talk is built on top of a project called JS Coco, um, which is written by a guy named Peter Omvoli. I I'm, I can't. Well, we'll just call him Peter because I. Oh, right, I'm not Peter. Sure how to he was actually. I didn't realize that because he was our guest last week. Oh, really? And I didn't oh. realize that. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure that's. Oh, it might man. Be that, he said he used JS Talk. Um, he didn't mention that he wrote the uh, bit that went underneath it. So maybe you know, I might guy. be. We might have got might, the wrong guy. Yeah, crap. Oh, <laughs> I Peter, you've he, maybe just written something you didn't know about. Oh no, Peter. <laughs> Peter uh, Menor. That's yeah, well, no, uh, that wasn't okay. Yeah, he I got wasn't our guest last week. So no, Peter, no, we no. take all that glory back off you and give it to somebody no. else. Yeah, that's right. Peter, he is using JS Talk though. He wrote Sketch. That's um, right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting my um, getting my Peters mixed up. So anyway, um, oh, what was I talking about? Well, so uh, how yeah, long so it, how long it took of, you? Yeah, so it really only took um, I guess a couple of days. Um, to get things up and running. And, and there's an editor that I built around it as well. Um, and there's a preprocessor in there that converts your, uh, the Objective-C sant- syntax to um, JavaScript-style code so that it'll run correctly in JS Talk, I mean, in JS Coco. Um, but, uh, what am, so it, to get off the ground, it, was not, it didn't take very long. And it became usable Pretty much right away. I mean, I loved it, so I just started um, writing my own scripts in it and whatnot. 
and it shipped with a Voodoo Pad uh, four something for I don't I don't know what version, but it, um, yeah, and people just started using it right away. And I've got you know example scripts out there that people can download and put into their Voodoo Pad plugin folder and write their own little custom routines or whatever. You know, if something isn't implemented in VoodooPad, a feature that you want, you can probably write a plugin to do it. So, just cool. So, I remember, um, yeah, so, so was your intention always to make this a generic released thing, or was it just, just going to be for you to start with? Um, no, I, I wanted other people to uh, use it. So, I, part of the reason I also wrote it was um, sort of the... It didn't really work this way, but to light a fire under Apple's butt, like, you know, basically say, hey, this is how a scripting language could be built instead of Apple script, you know, and people, uh, I don't know if Apple really cares, you know, I know they don't, you know, because they're still working on Apple script or whatnot, but um, I wanted to make it usable for other other applications. Um, so so there's a framework out there that you can embed in your application, and uh, with just a couple lines of code, you can implement um, JS Talk support, which is pretty awesome whereas apple script will take weeks you know because you've got to debug and stuff like that it's just crazy um yeah i mean i remember when i first came to the mac in that was a very late camera 2007 i think it was 2006 2007 um you know it was a it was a big thing to make sure apps were scriptable um do you still feel that's the case these days yeah um because there's there's a certain class of users that are going to want to do interesting things. Um, and you want those users because um, you want them to be happy with your application because they give you the best feedback. They give you the best bug reports too. So it's, it's always worth it to uh, implement AppleScript as, as well as something maybe a little bit more powerful like JS Talk. Um, so both Acorn and VoodooPad implement AppleScript. Um, but when I write my scripts, I always do it in JS Talk. And, you know, example scripts for other people. I, I try to steer them towards AppleScript. I mean, towards JS Talk. Okay, and we, and we know, as we've just said, with one of the Peters that we muddled up, that um, uh, Sketch is using using it. Um, so obviously someone else has it. At least one other person I know of has taken it and, and used it. Yeah, um, Hibari also uses it, um, one of the Twitter clients out there. Um, so I think you can write filters. So another thing you can, you know, I, I there's two ways to look at um well, there's a couple of different ways to use JS Talk. You can use it outside an application and drive it from a different process. You know, it's got a command line tool as well. And, or you can, um, have it run inside the application, which is, um, what Acorn filters, some of them are written in. So you can, um, uh, what am I trying to say? So I, uh, so in a way, AppleScript does this as well, but it, it's a way to uh, drive your application internally. Okay. You know? So sometimes it's not, Here's a script from the outside. In, in, your, inside your application, you're achieving certain functionality by right. uh, you know, write, having a script executing inside the application that's written in JS Talk. Yeah, that's and that's normally how I use it these days. You know, originally it was intended to for different applications to talk to each other, but that's not how the majority of users use it these days. I think, um, you know, and that's how a sketch does it as well. I believe because you can write filter. I, I, I need to use this interface. I haven't tried it out yet. I've used Sketch a little bit, but I want to see how he implemented his JS Talk stuff as well. But yeah, you can write filters and whatnot. It's, it's great. It's great for extending, extending your uh, application. Excellent. So I'm, I'm just going to uh, take a quick break for a sponsor slot, but so that you can start sure. thinking your, um, your way forward. Um, my next question is going to be, uh, you know, okay, 
you've got me interested. How do I start getting this into my application? So I'll give you a couple of seconds to think about that while I make sure I do offer a sponsor. The sponsor I forgot last week. <laughs> and, uh, and about three weeks ago. So I'm, I'm surprised these guys still even talk to me, but they're lovely. And we're talking about our sponsor, REM Objects. And they produce a project called Data Abstract. Uh, data Abstract's a framework for building database-driven applications if you want to use a multi-tier data access model. Uh, works across a whole bunch of platforms. Basically, you know, they would say if your application deals with database access, then you should t- at least take a look at it, uh, Data Abstract. Now, we're not talking core data here. If you're just looking for a data store um, to, you know, to do something local in a, in a, in a single user app, um, but to do, you know, if you're looking at multi multiple users accessing the same database or database across the cloud, um, uh, the internet, anything like that, then this is a, a solution. Includes briefcasing, so if the data's offline, it all still works. It's there. Um, the data abstract for Xcode is is you know uh, the bit that they use there, but basically gives you native client side code for Cocoa and Cocoa Touch, so that you can build proper, fully native clients to access this remote data um, from uh, REM object uh, data abstract type servers out there. Equally, uh, a query language, um, data abstract SQL, so you can dynamically query, query data, and it deals with all the buffering and the remoting and all that sort of stuff. Now, you know, it sounds like this stuff's quite easy, but as someone who's had to write this stuff before myself, it's not easy. You know, it's, you know, most of it you can get going quickly, but the rest, you know, those edge cases take, you know, a long time. And these guys have been doing this for 10 years. More than that, actually, probably now. We did talk to them in show 58. We actually covered it. So if you're more interested, go have a, uh, a listen to show 58. And we want to thank, uh, uh RemObjects, uh, for sponsoring the show. Um, go check them out at www.remobjects.com and, uh, send them some iDeveloper Live love. Ah, oh, right. That's it. I've remembered them. That's good. There's one more. Gus, I've got one more to do. I might need you to remind me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no problem. <laughs> okay. So, um, it's good to see you've been interacting with the chat room while we've been doing that. So, uh, okay. I'm, I'm ready to implement this into my amazing application. What am I going to do? You can, you can visit jstalk.org and, uh, there you can download a binary, um, a zip file and it's got, uh, three things in it. It's got, um, a framework, jstalk.framework, which includes the base functionality um, it, to set up the distributed objects to um, instantiate a uh, jstalk instance to start um, executing your scripts and stuff like that. Um, it also comes with an editor, um, jstalk editor, which is basically a tiny little IDE along the lines of um, AppleScript editor. Um, so you can, it's got syntax highlighting and stuff like that. So you can write your scripts in that. Um, and there's also a command line utility in there. And the source is also available on GitHub. Um, and I'm glad GitHub just came back up. Um, so you can, and there's a link to it from the GitHub, from the Jazz Talk website as well. And, yeah, you know, we'll I make, accept we'll make sure all these links are in the show notes as well. Okay. So, um, oh, Patrick Geeler, that's his name. Um, oh, it's right on my website. So that's that's the guy who wrote JS Coco. So it wasn't even um, Peter at all. There we are. No, it, it, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah. So and that's where you can get it. Um, you know, and I, I've got plans for the future with it as well. Oh, and you can see some examples and showing um, up on the website showing how you would do stuff in AppleScript and what the and the um, same thing would look like on in uh, JS Talk. So, uh, what was I going to say? So oh, yeah, we, we, want- we've downloaded it so far. We've downloaded all this stuff. That's as far I think. I think that's as far as we've got. Yeah, and if you want to implement in your application, you know, you just add the framework to it, and then, um, really, you just, um, oh, where you, 
there's there's a class you want to um well there's there's a couple of, if you want to just ex- respond to external events like if you want your application to be um, scripted by JSTalk, um you just set up some uh, uh, distributed objects sort of things it happens behind the scenes but basically you you um, implement a uh, I guess you expose a class which is what your scripts will talk to and then um you can define an interface and uh, um, write documentation on, you know, how you talk to your application and put out simple scripts. And that's really how you do it. But um, there's no XML files or anything like that. You just define an interface and um, you call it like you would normal functions, and it just kind of works. And then, so, go so ahead. Let me make sure I understand this. So, um, unlike Apple Script, where I'd have to create a dictionary and everything else to do it in that sort of format that always confuses the academy. Yeah. Um, with JS Talk, in, in part of the setup of it, I, I I choose which classes I expose to the outside world. Now they could be classes I specifically written just for scripting purposes. I'm guessing. Yeah, you can you can I, the way by default, um, it sort of opens up most of your application to uh, the um, to the scripting to uh, over distributed objects, which is depending on your you know, how you like things. That's maybe a security risk or maybe that's awesome. I don't know. Um, you can tighten things down if you want. Um, there's some delegates, um, methods you can implement to say whether or not a method is called or whatever, or you can just, um, create your own sort of, uh, I guess you could call them mock objects to sit in front of, um, your real classes behind the scene to make sure certain things aren't called or whatnot. But, um, in my applications, I just expose the whole world basically. Um, to the scripting environment. Um, so basically yeah, I you, can get into Acorn and, and make it do anything that any of your classes do because I've got full, full access to your object hierarchy now. Yep. Okay. Well, and I've seen some people do some pretty interesting things <laughs> with that as well, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, part of me is like, you know, don't do it. But then at the same time, people are doing some neat stuff that I hadn't even thought of. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty awesome. I, you know, and it makes me want to make more public APIs, you know. So, um yeah, there's pluses and minuses to that, and so far the pluses. I guess if you're sending out a financial application, that might not be so good. But um, I guess in a uh, yeah. a drawing application or a, 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 a um a wiki application where it's you know it's all people's data to get into whatever they want is up to them really. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's it's pretty easy to do, and you can also write plugins in JS Talk. So, if, um, if you have a, a I mean, a, a, uh. A loadable bundle. Basically, you can extend JS Talk's functionality, um, sort of like you could with AppleScript as well. So, um, I actually wrote uh, some samples of that. So you can uh, talk to SQLite from JS Talk, um, which is kind of neat. Um, I've also written some uh, um, classes for uh, creating your own custom little core image filters or whatever, and you can call into OpenCL from JS Talk, which is really neat. It, I use JS Talk a lot for prototyping um, things. So, and I, I'm finding a lot of developers are starting to use it for that as well. And I also do it, use it for uh, um, tests, automated testing in VoodooPad, which is pretty cool. So, um, so even if you don't want to use JS Talk to, um, for a plugin interface, you can use it to help yourself develop your applications as well. I mean, I, I would be lost without it these days, I think. So, am I right in saying, in order for uh, JS Talk to applicate, uh, to access, um, the internals of an application, the application must have sort of implemented JS Talk internally. It's not like, um, what was the, the, uh, F, it's not like FScript, which just can dig into anything. Firstly, the, you, know, you can only get into applications that have chosen to implement it. Correct. 
Okay. But most of the time you say you're using it actually more as a tool than to test your applications, to, to drive them as opposed to, um, you know, as much as allowing other people to extend your apps, this is more you use it as much to, to, to make the app solid and test things and prototype it and try different things out. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting the RoadJS talk has taken, or at least for me. Um, you know, originally I set it up, wrote it to, um, you know, to sort of replace AppleScript for myself and, and my users. But the more I used it, the more I started using it for prototyping um, and also for automated testing. So a lot of my tests are written in JS Talk, um, which I never expected to happen. You know, that wasn't a design goal, but it's just how I started using it. Um, I, I've also prototyped. Um, core image filters with it, you know, chaining together filters. Um, I've got examples on the, um, in the GitHub repository, how you can call into um, core image, you know, do your image processing. So it's great for prototyping. Uh, oh, what else? What, uh, I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was now. But yeah, it's, it's, it's great for that type of stuff as well. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, JS Talk is a really stupid name. So I think when I come up with version 2.0, I'm probably going to change the name just because um, it's, it's not used so much these days for scripting applications out of process, but more inside the application. So I'm thinking something like CocoScript or something like that would make more sense. You know? Yeah, CocoScript, and it just happens to have a JavaScript type syntax. Yeah. So, and there's actually a. Um, so, so is it is it JavaScript? I mean, we, you call it JS Talk. Is it is it JavaScript? Is it using a JavaScript engine in any way at all? Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's built on top of. So, um, at at the lower levels, it's uh, JavaScript Core, and then on top of that is JS Coco, and then on top of that is JS Talk. So, um, when you write a JS Talk um, script and you use brackets or whatever, it goes through a preprocessor, which converts it. Um, it writes the methods um, in such a way that. Um, the JavaScript interpreter can handle it. Um, so basically, if you've ever played with um, Python Objective-C, you know how it adds underscores between the um, method names, the uh, parameters, well, they're not parameters, but you convert um, colons basically to underscores for Objective-C method calls. Well, I didn't know that, but now I do know. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so so that happens behind the scenes. And, uh, um, and that's um, then executed by uh, you know JavaScript core and all the bridge happens and stuff like that. So there's a preprocessor that makes it look like basically a regular JavaScript code. Um, so, so yeah, it's it, using the, Java, the JavaScript implementation that is actually already on the machine. It's not. It's not a, a, a piece of baggage that goes with your app. Or, or right, just, right, yeah, yeah. It uses JavaScript Core, the same JavaScript engine that um, WebKit uses in Safari. Okay. So, so when they make improvements to that, JS Talk automatically gets those. Or it breaks. Or it breaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There hasn't been, you know, it's it's a pretty solid framework. No, as I, far I as guess I guess we're talking about a language here, so they, there's very rarely anyone does anything that sort of breaks existing code. Yeah, and you can use all the um, fancy, uh, you know, JavaScript functions. You know, it's var foo equals whatever, and uh, um, you know, all the regular JavaScript math stuff is there, and your regular expressions or whatever. So you can mix objectives, uh, well, Cocoa classes with uh, JavaScript classes too. It's pretty interesting. Would this be, I mean, now looking at the way that you script your application, so I'm asking random questions here, but I'll leave people to piece it all together themselves. That's fine. Um, you know, is this where you start thinking, mm, sometimes it would be nice if there was sort of this whole thing about private methods and private data, private properties in Objective-C, because then only the public stuff will get exposed and I could mix all this stuff up. Yeah, I'm going to, um, at some point I'm going to have to implement a way to... Uh Make sure the private stuff isn't called. I'll probably do that in, uh, you know, like JS Talk 2.0, 
or something like that. And I'm going to have to take it off of distributed objects as well because Apple's really moving away from that. I'll probably have to use um, XPC, which is new, uh, a new framework in 10.7 for, for applications to talk to each other. Um, so that, that kind of, that, that'll happen in the future. It's just hasn't really been needed yet. Okay, I mean, so um, you say we can download the source code to GS Talk. Are you the only person working on it, though, or do you have a, a um, group of contributors? How, how does the whole development of this thing work? Yeah, it's basically just me. Um, Jonathan uh, Wrench, has, uh, he's done a little bit of work on it, and he really likes GS Talk, too. He was actually on a, um, his podcast, Edge Cases. They were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Okay, um, yep. So yeah, you should point to that, and they they talk about some of the um, drawbacks of JS Talk. It's actually mostly the podcast is mostly about AppleScript, but he talks about JS Talk and how people should get on top of that. Yep, and, I, um, I listened to that one. I will. I'll put a link in the show notes as well for that. So yeah, and he he's, he's brought up some of the points that I did too about you know building being built on top of distributed objects is not exactly great, but um, it it should be relatively easy to move off that. I hope. So. But, so I mean, um, I guess this is one of those things that you know you're you're a an indie software developer. You you make your money through you know selling you know Acorn and and Voodoo Pad. Um, so is JS Talk more of a yeah? I fancy doing some. I, I know I use it, and I know version. Two, I want to do version two, but is it is it a hobby or is it integral to you know what you're doing in such a at way? this point? Actually, it's integral to what I'm doing. Um, so it's it's definitely got a future, at least at Flying Meat. Um, because, you know, I, I, I can't develop my applications without it these days. You know, I just use it for so much prototyping and, uh, just, you know, quick little scripts or whatever. So I just, I use it every day. So it's definitely got a future, but it's, it's basically just me working on it. Okay. That's, uh, um, it's interesting how, uh, I mean, what, what do you want it to do that it doesn't do now? I mean, you've said version two, uh, and you've mentioned a few things about you know moving to XPC off of distributed objects, and you know yeah. that's an um, that's an internal that maybe me as a user I'm, I'm going to know about because I'm a developer, but I'm not you know it's not adding new features as such. You know, wh- where do you want to take this going forward? So there's some interesting things that I did um, with Foodpad Five that I I'm thinking about um, maybe bringing over to JS Talk and scriptlet support. Have you ever done JSP or PHP? Yeah. Um, yep, so, so you can write scriptlets now using JS Talk, you know, in um, in Voodoopad. So when you do web export, you know, it'll mash things together, and you, a lot like PHP. And uh, it'd be neat to bring that over to the um, to the to the framework. Um, so that's one thing I want to do. I, I need to redo the preprocessor at some point because um, it's pretty skanky. Um, and uh, just you know, building on top of XPC and making it a little bit faster. Um, I'll probably use a different. Um, Framework. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to move away from JS Coco in the future, just because um, it's some of the way it does things internally. I don't really agree with. Um, there's some weird XML parsing stuff, and there's another framework out there called uh, Moco, which just came out this past summer, um, which is a really neat implementation on top of. Uh, it's another um, bridge, just like JS Coco, only it's quite a bit cleaner, and it's by uh, Logan Collins at Panic. So it'll. JS Talk will probably use that at some point in the future as well. So, how, so. what was that called? Sorry, Mocha, Mocha. and it's by uh, Logan Collins. Okay, we will find uh, a, a link for that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah. Pretty neat. It's, so, so it's, what? It's, so, what does that do? That that okay? So, um, you don't like some of the internals of 
JS. It, it's just a lot cleaner. It just yeah. seems easier to work with some of the way things have been implemented. So every call right now in a, um, every method call that's using the um, scripting bridge is a, uh, there, there's some XML parsing going on behind the scenes and it's, that's kind of inefficient. So things could, I haven't benchmarked it, but things should be faster using Mocha as opposed to um, Jace Coco. So with a, a switch to um, Mocha and uh, XPC, this is going to be a, uh, you know, a bang up to date, whiz bang scripting language for the future. Yeah, yeah. And Mocha uses Arc as well. So it, it just does things a bit more mar- modern. So. Okay. So, um, you know, when you started JS Talk, I mean, obviously, um, Voodoo Pad had existed for a long time already at that point. Yeah. Um, I can't, as I said, I can't quite remember. I think Acorn was at the beginning, if I remember roughly rightly, maybe it was version one was, I can't remember. Um, hopefully you do. Um, so you've obviously integrated this into existing applications as opposed to designing them from, from the start. Um, did that cause you any problems? Because actually, because of this way, it just exposes everything that you're, you, if you were starting again, now you'd say, okay, I would design a little bit differently because the scripting, let me, let me ask that question in a, in a precise way instead of the waffling way I was doing. <laughs> Designing an application now, would you design, would there be certain things you would do in order to accommodate JS Talk better that maybe if you were writing the application before the scripting was available, you didn't do? Um, you know, Acorn and Voodoopad already had plugin APIs, so it was pretty easy to um, just sort of sit on top of that API because I had um, Objective-C interfaces. You could write plugins in Objective-C, and I just used those same interfaces. Um, for the JS Talk support, so I don't think there was too much that I would do differently. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything I'd do differently. Um, okay, there we are. I like a man who likes what he's done and doesn't need yeah. to change it. That's good. I mean, I, I changed some of the method names, I guess, you know, but <laughs> but you know, just you wanted to find, um, you know, it, it makes sense to expose less than more because. Um, and also make sure you're forward-looking with your application. So if you've got an idea of what's going to happen down, um, you know, I can, I, I've, I've already got ideas for, you know, Acorn 4 and 5. And so I'm not going to expose things in Acorn today that I'll have to take out later on. So you have to um, sort of be forward-looking, too, with your APIs. Hmm. So um, just don't expose um, things that are going to go away tomorrow because you, you're going to have to, people are going to still want to use those APIs, even though you want to get rid of them. So make sure that you, what you expose, you're willing to support for a long time. Yeah, I guess, I guess this code you're writing right now and you're thinking this isn't the best way of doing it. I'll change that later. If that's exposed for scripting, you, you really are locking yourself in that it's going to be hard to change that later. Yeah. And you know, that's you know, where lots of these applications in fall down because they can't move on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have I ever broken things? I'm, I'm sure I've broken some stuff, but I'd, I would only do it between like major revisions. Um, that's right. Acorn three took out um, a couple of APIs from Acorn two. Well, they're still implemented. They just they don't do anything now. <laughs> so um, the scripts run. They just don't achieve what they were achieving. Yeah. So and that was more of the Objective C interface. Not really. Um, some of the stuff didn't make sense for JS Talk. It was like writing your own custom brushes or whatever. But um. Yeah, just be forward-looking with your APIs. 
So how does all this, uh, I mean, I know you say you've got a plugging architecture that also takes um, Objective-C um, and Voodoo Pad and things anyway. So how does all the plugin stuff um, work with the sandboxing we were talking about earlier? Um, I thought all that sort of Apple were frowning on that type of architecture. No, you can, you can still load plugins. They'll just have to be inside the, the library container folder. Um, so it, it's, it just has to be in an area where your application is allowed to read. So um, you can load plugins in VoodooPad. They just have to, what is it, library containers, com.flyme.voodooPad, whatever. And then there's a whole mirror um, of your library folder under there. So it's, it's definitely possible. Now, JS Talk is going to have the same restrictions as um, your host application. So if, you know, you write a script that just starts writing bits of data all over your disk, you're not going to be able to do that um, if it's sandboxed. So, which, you know, is good. Um, but it can be annoying, too, depending on what you want to do. But Mostly okay. it's good, though. Is JS Talk going to be sort of um, sandbox aware, or is it just going to actually, if it tries to do that, just fail? No, uh, it'll just fail, just like your Coke APIs will fail. Yeah, so, it, so. it's it's it's, uh, um, it's it's someone out there just putting a big no there, regardless of what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. So, um, anything okay. else that you think we need to know about JS Talk? I mean, I don't want to you know drag drag this on for the sake of it. I mean, I think we've we've shown people that there's a, a you know. A, a scripting alternative because I, I yeah I think Apple as much as Apple won't ever say it you know Apple script uh, yeah it has a future by the fact it's there but it's not going anywhere is it no well, it doesn't seem to be they implemented a Cocoa Bridge and what was it in ten dot seven I think I mean like a real Cocoa Bridge before it was kind of funky um, but now it I think does some but to me the way Apple script I mean I, I know we're spared talking about you yeah. Apple's it's the world's mixing, mixing it with, you know, uh, into, into Cocoa objects. The, the two sort of syntaxes don't seem to mix to me. Yeah, it doesn't. But hey, if you're a developer, you, you should really check out JS Talk just because it'll help you develop your applications. And that's mostly how I'm using it these days. Well, I'd probably say 50% of the time I'm using it that way. But, um, it's, it's just great for prototyping things. Or if you want to try and use an API, um, just a little snippet of it, um, like you're not sure how it works, you can just code it up in a little JS talk window. You don't have to compile and link. You just run. So and it will do everything through the bridge. It's pretty neat. So, Okay, that's... Uh, all right, so I'm mean, saying, so when you're looking to put some new functionality into your app, you, you might, um, you know, using some of the classes already there, you might just write a little JS talk wrapper around it and see, did that work or didn't work? Did I like it? Didn't I like it? And then once you're there, then, then move on and put co- yeah. um, code it up in, in Objective-C once you're happy with where you're going. Yeah, I do that quite a bit with uh, um, when I'm writing filters for Acorn. So it's great for prototyping. Just adjust parameters or whatever, and rerun it, and ta-da! It's um, a lot of people will do stuff in a you know uh, what is it, Quartz Composer? You know, writing filters. But I find it's so much easier to work in code than it is with these visual objects or whatever. And um, I don't know if you've ever used Quartz no. Composer. Just confuses me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so stuff that you could do in Quartz Composer, you can do in JS Talk as well. So, you know, as far as image outputs or whatever. And I've got example scripts out there on how to do it. It's it's really cool. So, so that's really good. I'm just going to um, do our last sponsor, and then I'm going to come back to you, Gus, and you can tell us all about where people can sort of follow you on Twitter, find your website, your blog, and anything else that you want them to know about, if that's okay. So just to, um, give me a couple of seconds just to do this, because our second sponsor are our friends of an invasive code, and they talk about their... Uh, um, iOS SDK training class. Um, 
it's five day class, uh, 40 hours of, um, uh, training, uh, and labs as well. They basically, um, give you seven hours per day of, of, of lectures. And then there's two hours in the evening of lab time where the lecturers are around. And so you can just sort of, you know, catch up with the stuff in the day, ask extra questions, just, um, do stuff like that. You get all the training material, you get the book, the exercises, coffee, lunch, all that sort of normal stuff. But you know where I'm going because you listen to this podcast regularly. You know the reason that I like these guys is they never put more than ten people in a class. So it means you get time with the trainer. You, you're not there amongst a you know a mass of people just trying to keep up. You know you've got time to get with the with the trainer, and you know that means equally in those labs in the evening, there's never going to be more than ten people hanging around. You're going to get time, and uh, you know we've had good feedback. I mean, I, we don't just take any old sponsor here. We've, I do ask people, you know, who've been on these courses, what are they like, and if we were getting bad reports, I'd um, I would stop uh, using these guys as sponsors, but we don't. We get good feedback. People saying it's it's excellent. So um, check them out at invasivecode.com, training.invasivecode.com. Uh, the next course is oh, next Monday, September 17th, um, in Barcelona in Spain, uh, 2,800 euros. But if you send them an email, I'm sure even now, with one week to go, um, at this time saying um, everybody loves invasive code they'll give you 200 euros off that and a little bit further out October the 1st in sunny San Francisco well foggy San Francisco I should say $2,900 but once again $200 off if you send them an email saying everybody loves invasive code so check them out training.invasivecode.com we want to thank them for being a sponsor from the very early days of this podcast and supporting us and um, helping us pay the bills and so um, please check out their website and show them some love Gus, tell us Gus. where people can find out and follow your wisdom and knowledge and, and, <laughs> and all my, the wonderful things that you bring. My rambling. Um, so my, my website, um, I've got a couple of websites. So my, my company's website is flymeat.com, and you can get Acorn and Voodoo Pad there. Um, my personal website is uh, shapeof.com. It's S-H-A-P-O-F.com. Um, that's just where I blog. And then um, I'm also on Twitter as CC Gus, CCGUS. So, well, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great to speak to you again. It's been a long time not being at Dub Dub this year. Didn't catch up with you. And I think last time I was at Dub Dub, I only saw, yeah, I, uh, saw you. I remember seeing you, minutes. but you weren't. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's been good. Well, there we are. We've, we've spoken again at last, and um, <laughs> I've made you get up early. I do apologise. Uh, no problem. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for coming on, and we want to encourage um, everyone out there to just go and um, check out JS Talk. Uh, I mean, you've said a bunch of stuff about it that I wasn't expecting you to say. I was, you know, I was looking at it as an Apple script replacement for inside my app, but you've said a whole bunch of stuff that as a developer thinks, yeah, actually doing that stuff, prototyping, testing—that sounds just as interesting, if not more interesting. Um, yeah, it's it it, it is it's the way I use JS Talk these days. You, if you're a developer, you got to try it. So it's it's just great, especially if you love Objective C. So if you like brackets, you're going to love JS Coco. I mean, JS Talk. So there so. we are. You've heard it here. If you're a developer, you got to try it. Yeah, the man said it. You need to go do it. Gus, it's been a, it's been um, a real pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much. No problem. And to all you guys out there listening, thank you very much as well um, for listening. Um, be no show next week because next next Monday is uh, our next NS conference mini. Uh, where we're doing our um, design day, um, uh, where we're having a bunch of sessions. There are a couple of tickets left. If anyone can still make it to the UK for, for next Monday, just check out the website, um, idevelopertv.tv slash nsconference. Um, but we'll still be traveling back and getting over the day before and everything. So no, no show next Tuesday. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, 
we thank our sponsors. We just thank uh, John. Oh, I didn't. How bad am I? I haven't even mentioned that my co-host isn't here today. <laughs> it's like he's he's been gone for two weeks, and and it's like I don't love him anymore. John is um. I think he's meeting the Dutch consul in San Francisco. See, so he doesn't want to go around with low life like me when he's mixing with such people, <laughs> does he? So, uh, there we are. Maybe, maybe that I will, he will have slid far enough down the scale of, uh, people next week that I will be back on his speaking list in two weeks time, that is. So, uh, he may be back next time. I hope he is. Or he may have thrown me out altogether and just be back by himself. But <laughs> I'm going to stop waffling now and just say until next time, you all take care. Bye bye. Thank you.